Welcome to the Mentor Forge podcast. I'm your host, Cartwright Morris. Mentor Forged, we are about the advancement and growth of young professional men in life and career. If this is your first time listening, I, Cartwright Morris, here um, offer coaching courses and content to do just that. So if you are a young professional struggling in career, in your life, for direction, needing guidance, please go to mentorforge.com and subscribe to my newsletter as well. Schedule a coaching session today. All right. um, I like to do these from time to time. Um, One, because I'm just an avid movie watcher. And also, I just love the power of story. So this is uh, what I've learned from story through uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, now, I'm, I'm not one of those, like, immediately when Halloween ends, November 1st, it's Christmas time type people. I imagine I'm, I'm much more like most people, most sane people. It's, it'd be, Christmas season starts after Thanksgiving. Once your belly's full on Thanksgiving, you watch football, you've seen Santa at the Macy's Day Parade, um, it's kind of like, all right, that's kind of when it, you, I mean, we start playing a little Christmas music, maybe Thanksgiving night, that makes sense, right? So, you know, so don't get me wrong here, but I figured it was good timing since probably this movie will be on TV if any of you still have cable, or I'm sure... One of the streaming sites will will have this movie available. It's a Wonderful Life, um, and I hope for you you will see it. Um, the uh, director of the film has done many um, many of these type movies that are really good. I recommend he has more than one. I talk about it in uh, my interview with Grant Skeldon, um, the last interview I did, and this is what just perked my interest. That I really feel like we need to break this down. Oh my god, I got it. I got to break it down. All right? It's a big deal, people. All right? All right? Okay. All right. So, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, Movie's 80 years old, so spoiler alert is really not in effect here, but I will have some spoilers, okay? Um, So, what do we got here? Um, Really, we see George. um, I love the way Grant put it. Man of the city. He was a faithful leader. He's a guy who showed up, who helped people, put his ambitious am, ambitions, there's the word, aside just for others. But there's key moments that I think we can learn from in the movie, when you watch the movie, where if we're not careful, despite our character, despite our virtue in making these decisions, Bitterness and disappointment can set in. And that's really the climax or the crux of the movie. I don't know what what, what literary term I'm supposed to use here. Um, but anyway, it's just funny. There's uh, I've kind of started thinking through the movie. I've seen it so many damn times. Um, one is uh, probably the big one is he's looking to leave and 
and his dad dies. I'm pretty sure that's the first real big kicker. He's like looking for, he's got a suitcase. Um, and, and even when his dad dies, like his brother's supposed to take over for him. His brother's supposed to take over for his dad for the Bailey building and loan. And, you know, his dad's been holding up this city as he's been this, like, virtuous guy in his life, his leader, his mentor, his guy he's looked up to for so long. And you see this um, thing that happens where his brother, he, he got a big job and he couldn't let him not take it. And but George, George is like, I'm gonna go live, like I wanna go live my life. I wanna travel the world. I wanna see buildings. I wanna do all these things. And but they kind of this crimson moment is like, if you don't take this job, we're gonna have to sell to Potter. And Potter is the villain of the film. Um, guy basically greedy, money grabbing type, you know, classic villain, right? Classic capitalist. Wink wink. Uh, actually, George Bailey's a capitalist in this film, too. So, um, anywho, um, but we see that, you know, he, he reluctantly chooses to take the role for the sake of the city, for the sake of his family, carrying on the legacy of his dad, of helping others, being in a Bailey building alone. Um, yeah, and then and you see right then and there, like the first, and this is really what you see throughout these all these different points in the story, is the tension that we, and this is what I hope to, that you take from this is what's the tension between your character, the things that matter to you, like family, like the well-being of others, of a city, of those who can't take, you know, that need loans to put a roof over their house for their family, that kind of stuff. And your ambitions and your personal desires, your passions, the things that you get excited about, the freedom to go do these things, like that tension is always happening in life. What will you put aside for the benefit of others? Or what is actually unhealthy (laughs) for you to put aside uh, for others that it just maybe they're manipulating you and you don't have boundaries. So there's that tension as well. But from the standpoint of this story is you see George's character and that's when like the seed of bitterness and disappointment comes in that it's hard for us to do is not when we actually choose our character, we choose to help people over our own ambitions, our own passions. We, like we have to do that with nothing in return, and sometimes and George, you know, we see he's a faithful guy and he's just willing to help people because he knows that's how he's raised, that's what his character is. But you see, like you, there, nothing in return is he's constantly feeling that. Well, one day the return is I'll get to leave, I'll get to go live the life I actually want, and I just got to get there. I just got to take care of these people, make sure they're doing fine, and then I'll move on. Life just sometimes just doesn't work like And through this story, that's what we, we find out. Uh, the next one is realizing he's in love with Mary, and he wants to marry her. Um, you know, and so he decides, you know, you see this reluctant guy, you know, he's just almost like, he doesn't want to marry I was like, I'm getting out of here, okay? And she, like, even starts crying or something. And, and then he chooses to, uh, 
it's really kind of aggressive. I guess that in the 40s and 50s, I guess that was okay to grab a woman like that. I don't know. I hope not. Um, and it was really funny. It's a real romantic moment. She's crying. He's crying. And he's like shaking her. And anyway, it's kind of funny now thinking about it. Um, but then you see the next is he gets married. And then all of a sudden something happened with the Bailey Building loan. And he and he's like, he's about to go on his honeymoon. He's finally like, I am going to actually experience the world, have ex- these adventures. But I'm going to come back. But I'm just going to do this with my wife for a bit. Well, they got all the money for their honeymoon, and everybody's uh, wants their cash because I think it's the Great Depression. I think that's what's happening, and he ends up. Uh, now, forgive me for you, big Christmas movie buffs, if if I've got all these out of order, but I'm just kind of giving some highlights here. So he. Yeah, Potter is basically giving people money a couple of cents on the dollar versus George. They want their money back at at whatever's in the bank, out of the bank. But he's using what's in the bank to give a loan to these people. And you see all the connecting dots of whoever is giving money is affording others. And anyway, there's this moment where he has to get the only Mary ends up giving away because of her character. And them as a couple deciding they're not going on a honeymoon because the cash they have they're going to actually use to give to others and, and make others people feel safe, that they have cash, they have something people to take care of. And uh, it's a powerful moment because, he once again, he puts himself aside for the benefit of the town. And, and we see down the road in the movie that it... If he had not stepped in, what would happen? Even though he doesn't realize that, but what would happen? Um, and then the next big one is he's 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 done something really great. Is he's made a housing development for people, for immigrants, for friends, for people that you know couldn't afford a house, and he creates that for people. But in the in the end of that, it's supposed to be this big celebration. But what ends up happening is his rich buddy Sam Wainwright. His childhood friend shows up who's a big shot, you know, I'm guessing millionaire, out in, who lives in New York and he shows up in his fancy car. And he, and it's just fascinating just the dynamic that happens with, uh, like right after he leaves, he, almost, he like sees this glimpse of, because I think Sam offered him a job at one point of like what I could have had here was a a door for me to get, walk through to get out of this town and not feel so tied to it and he kind of you can kind of lose perspective when that bitterness the disappointment of what you could have the regret and you see that window or that door you could have walked through and that bitterness can start taking root and that disappointment that hurt um and, and you start even resenting the strength of your character and why you made the decisions you made. I mean, that's the thing at the end of the day. is like, we, what's our driving force behind our decisions that lead us to who we are, to lead us to making high character decisions, right? Um, so what do we do? Yeah, we, we have to lean into why we made the decision and not forget that part, 
right? Because unfortunately, that's what happens. We forget the reason why we make the decision, and we and we so fixated on the lost ambition, on the lost thing that we could have had. And that only leads to resentment, only leads to you actually hurting people close to you, that only leads to you. And you see it really, it's funny, he kicks, like, he sees his buddy drive off in his fancy car and um, got the pretty girl with the fur coat on in his passenger seat and him and Mary just slowly, you know, walk to his car and he's got his little car door, which is like, you know, today's standards look like a Fisher-Price car door. <laughs> um I think I had one on my my little car when I had a Fisher Price, and, and it's like he tries to kick it shut and it won't shut, and he's like looking at his crappy little car, um, and just like, man, what did I miss out on? And you see that you start taking root, um, and then I guess the I think the next big one was when officially he his uh, his uncle Billy loses all the money making a stupid mistake, which is like, George, why didn't you take the money, man? Come on. This was a big turning point, and it's apparently in the business, and they were going to get out. They were going to, you know, put it in the bank, and Potter ended up having the money. So, which if, if <laughs> I recommend, if you go, go to SNL, It's a Wonderful Life, and they do a version of them figuring out that Potter had the money. It's pretty funny. I beat up an old man. It's hilarious. Um. Uh, Dana Carvey. It's like it's from the '90s, so I think Dana Carvey plays Jimmy Stewart. It's funny. Um, I think John Lovitz plays Mr. Potter. It's hilarious. Um, and then, yeah, so he's so down, and you see the hurt, the pain of like not just like the failure of the business is about to experience because all the money. Like what could like they're gonna go to jail? I think I can't remember what's the legal standing of why, but they're gonna go to jail. He's gonna go to jail. Um, and you see the hurt, but that's not the only hurt. You see the hurt of like he's got all his kids there, his wife and their house they built that's falling apart in some ways, but they've put it back together. And you see this wonderful life he has. But you see his the the weight of his hurt that's been set in from all the disappointments, either others disappointing him, opportunities lost, things that he wanted to do and didn't do for whatever reason. And they were really good reasons. I think for a lot of us, there's a lot of things we didn't do because we were scared. Where George, he wasn't scared. He People needed him. And that was what's really powerful. He was a man of character. He's a faithful friend, a faithful leader, a faithful son, a faithful brother, helping others uh, achieve their dreams uh, despite his lack of achieving his dreams. And that's what's so powerful. That's what you want to show love to somebody is you put sacrifice your dreams so someone else can achieve their dream. Whew, that's a big deal. Um, so, I mean, that's what's powerful about this story. But you see that towards the kind of the climax in the movie. And then, not too long after, Potiphar offers him a job somehow. And you see him, you're like, George, don't do it, don't do it. Um, but then he has this wake-up moment, and he chews, out, chews him out, and it's a big deal because he realizes his character kind of sets in, that he's not sitting here thinking about, um, what he couldn't have had and all the disappointment and all the 
you know, I think he's seeing it as failure. Really, that's what happens when sometimes when we choose our character over our ambitions, we see life as a failure because we didn't get to do what we wanted to do, though we made choices out of character. We made choices for others. It's like, God, it is so crazy that we can see our life as a failure because it gets to that at the end of the movie. Anyway, so you see, yeah, he, but this ends up leading to him. Uh, the big moment where he says, I don't want to live. You know, he's going to take his own life. And, uh, you know, Clarence saves him. And there's that whole, you know, where he gets a glimpse of his life, which is really just a cool <laughs> way to tell a story, right? You see your legacy in the negative effect. If you didn't exist, what would have happened? What is the thing down the line? Um, I mean, one was, was like, you know, his brother was a war hero, I think got a Medal of Honor or something because he rescued men, a bunch of men in World War II. And his brother didn't get that medal because his brother died because, he, what's the line he says? He goes, um, I'm forgetting his brother's name. Shoot, that's going to bother me. But anyway, he said, you know, George, you know, because you, you, oh, Harry, yeah, Harry. He goes, he goes, Harry didn't save those men because you weren't there to save Harry. And it's like, that's one of the first scenes of the movie, him rescuing his brother from broken ice. And you're just like, wow, such a powerful line. You, I mean, just the reverberating effects of your life in your legacy when we choose character and we choose others. And I think even when we choose our ambitions, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with ambitions, but there's going to come a point where it's, it's held in tension with the things we, our core values and our character sometimes. We've got to choose the other, right? So, what's the moral of the story? I think that's what I just said, right? Is sometimes our ambitions um, can come in conflict with our character and our core values. How do we help others? I mean, because that's the the end. Of, oh, that's where I want to get to. The ending line of the movie is: "No man is a failure who has friends." George saw all those. Missed opportunities, all those lack of the uh, the inability to chase his ambitions because he chose character. He saw his life as a failure. But here he's surrounded by so many people that love him, care for him, even admire him. Like that's what's so powerful. It's like he helps so many people that they admire him. They they look up to him, and but he saw his life as a failure because he didn't get to do a lot of things he wanted to do. Though he had a wife that loved him, though he had, though he had kids that he, that he was crazy about, he had a, a community that was really resting upon his choices, the power of his choice and his character, which is like, whoo, that's a big deal. So I think that's probably the moral of this story. I want to come to the end. This is the ending point I'm going to get to right here. I think I'm uh, 20 minutes in here. Is, is this. We have to define what is success for our life. It's it. The trips, they always end. The money, it's always becomes a number or it's not enough number. Even the positions at our jobs, they can ju- they're just titles. But what does the success look like? Is it the quality of friendships? Sorry, my fire's going. Ooh, that was a bad one. Is the quality of friendships, the quality of people around us, the impact we have on a city, 
how much we've put aside for others in our life, the willingness to engage despite our discomfort, despite our disappointment, despite our hurt, the willingness to love. There's so many things that we can define success that is more intangible versus tangible. The tangible is cheap. It's low. It can be really good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good trip. I love getting a check. It feels good to earn money. There's no doubt about that. And I think that's not always in a bad way. I think we were designed to earn to provide, right? As well as in the extravagant sense of paying for great thing, good things in our life that add to our life, not take away from it. So, but I think we have, but that's not success. What is success? That is what's such a big deal for us that we have to um, maintain in the midst of missed opportunity, uh, lack of reaching our ambitions or getting to do the things that we're passionate about, that we got to continually to redefine it and what is the driving force in it. Um, So anyway... I've talked enough. Uh, hope this made sense. And uh, yeah, please uh, rate, review, check out um, other episodes, my interviews. Um, like I said, me, me and Grant Skeldon talked about it. He said that was one of his early influences, was George Bailey. Um, that was episode 47. Check that one out. Um, a lot of good content. I'm going to keep coming y'all some content. So please rate and review on Apple. Please follow on Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube. As well as join my newsletter because I give detailed notes of each episode, each interview. And I send it out every Monday. So please check that out. Um, yeah, and, and I'll send out other things as well as some other um, things I'm doing as well as some other content. So Check out mentorforge.com, and I'll see you all next time.